I'm ready when you are. You can feel the country's on a knife edge. It's only, what, 30 minutes late starting? Let's do this! <laughs> it's a joke, obviously. You are in retreat. We're not rioting yet. I don't like that question. You're just saying shit and you don't even know what you're talking about. That spider game sounds way cooler than manta rays, doesn't it? And I was like, well, here's my two cents. You, you, you need a lot of stuff. That's how we should describe the podcast. If they ever went out and recruited one more person, then we'd have double the number of people listening. Well then. Let's start the show. Well, here we go again. Episode 10, my friend. Wow. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, good to see you, Brad. How are we doing? Yeah, not so bad. Double digits. Episode 10. Who would have thought it? You know, to all the haters out there that said we wouldn't make it this far, I got to say, who's eating crow now? Wow. Some are eating crow. Some are eating strudel. Like your good self over there, Flash. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just had a bit of strudel. It was yeah. quite good. And for the and listeners, lovely, we, yeah. we got to share in the experience with a ginormous belt at the end of it as well. But <laughs> in some cultures, all, that's all, a... That's an expression of appreciation. So, uh, yeah, right. Well, I'll uh, I'll splice it in at the end so the listeners can hear. Um, <laughs> in for a treat, but, I guess. Anyway, so how are you feeling? Because last time you were dosing up on cough meds and cold meds and whiskey and yeah, no, um, no, 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 much better. All healed. Uh, Christmas markets are in full swing, so I, you know, killed all the bacteria in my system with a good dose of Gluvine. The hot, the hot mulled wine, perfect for perfect for clearing up a cold. If that doesn't kill and, it, nothing will. Yeah, exactly, and it and the shit tastes great. So, well, you know, I'm, added bonus. I'm quite happy. Added bonus. Well, yeah. let's let's roll straight in then. So you brought up Christmas markets. Tis the season to be jolly, and obviously, you know, most people like they're stressing about their Christmas shopping. Uh, me personally, Christmas shopping has never been a problem. I do it from the comfort of my armchair. <laughs> I make use of Amazon. Basically, my mantra is: if Amazon sell it, you've got a good chance of getting it. That's basically the way I roll. Uh, but my first story today is actually Amazon uh, opening up a physical shop. So moving away, which seems backwards. It does does seem backwards. It's retro by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shop with a difference, though. So uh, the shop will have uh, no checkouts, no checkout staff. So it'll all be automated. No, oh, excuse me. So yeah, you as you wander in, you you hit the the to go app or whatever Amazon Go or whatever it'll be called, uh, and then basically using a model of um, sensors and computer vision software, it basically will log what you take out and put into your basket, uh, and then as you walk out the store, it will charge you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it doesn't um, doesn't seem like that crazy of a you know technological leap it almost makes you think why haven't why haven't people done this already you know if you can inventory all the stuff in your store and then as soon as it i guess you need the problem of like you know 
the proximity to the person, like who do you charge if everyone's just leaving the store with these sense, you know, through these sensors that are, you know, what product is left? It needs to be charged somewhere. But yeah, it's an interesting idea. Uh, it seems kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess Amazon, if, you know, who else would do that? But it is like for them to go online to actually having a physical location. I don't see what the, you know, the, the you know, what's, what's in it for them. Really. Yeah, so no, well, they've said they're going to start it with groceries start with um, um but you know as i don't don't know what it's like in germany but you know i know what it's like in the u.s i know what it's like here in terms of you know what was just a standard grocery store has now got electronics and books and cds and homeware so you wonder if you know little grocery stores of amazon will balloon into the mammoths of tesco or walmart or whatever but uh yeah by all accounts i didn't realize they've got Amazon have physical bookshops in the US already. I didn't know that, but they're traditional bookshops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, this would be totally automated. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it'll be a bit like when you go into an Apple store, you know, you go and find somebody in a blue T-shirt and they swipe your credit card or you pay on on the app and out you go. But no, this would be physically no checkout staff. I'm guessing there'll be staff in the store to help you find stuff. But... Just as you walk out the door, bang, you get charged for it. Hmm. Well, I hope it's not like the Apple Store because I've been in there like once or twice and I think that's the worst, most atrocious model for, for a store ever. Really? But it could also be, yeah, I could also be just because like, you know, I was always there with somebody. Like I was never, you know, uh, purchasing anything and, it was, and, the, and, and they were usually there getting a product serviced or something, you know, like they had some sort of issue with the product so it wasn't like i need to go in and buy this and you know what you want but it just seemed like such a clusterfuck you know and then it's like if you did need um to actually speak with someone it's like oh well we'll make you an appointment and it's like well you got like all these people right here so why am i making an appointment like i'm not at the fucking doctor's office like what's going on here i don't know it just it just seemed like and 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 this is also a bit of my bias with the whole apple thing but it's uh it's just a bit culty, you know, like it's just a bit weird. All these people like with their, oh, and Apple and this. And there's like the old people learning how to use a computer in one section of the thing. And then all these people like waiting for the newest thing on the other side and making appointments for shit. I was just like, which, 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 no thanks. Which, which side of the room were you on, my friend? <laughs> I was firmly planted in the middle looking around, you know, just like, uh, where am yeah. I? What is going so on you got, here? So what you're saying is you got the old people on one side that, know what they're doing. They're just learning some new skills. You've got the young people on the other side are like, give me the new stuff, give me the iPhone 7. And there's you in the min- middle just amused and dazed by the white light and the pretty shelves and all the pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Basically yeah, what I was saying. In, I was in the middle with my flip phone trying to figure out how to take a picture of what <laughs> I was seeing. But, you know, the, back to the Amazon thing, I, I like I said, I think it's an interesting concept. Um, I'm going to go full conspiracy theory with my next two points on this and say one this is just a way for them to collect more data on us they now not only are they going to know what we bought they're going to know what we looked at what we picked up in their store what we even browsed at how long we held it you know maybe we put it in our basket and then put it out maybe we just looked at it they'll be able to know all of it and they'll be able to tailor all the ads and everything to us it's just another wave of that whole data collection. But they do that already. And trend. They do that, you know, they do that already. So what's the difference? Well, now it's happening in my, in a physical store, Brad. 
Don't we're, you see? We're just not going to the store. <laughs> well, then why are they opening up the store? Well, because old people and young people might want to go there, but you sticking <laughs> them up. Fuddy daddies in the middle of the road. Ooh, technology. I don't understand it. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. You're right. They're already collecting my data, but this is, you know, a point. And if they're doing it with produce, how do they label the produce like with a, you know, like if it, if it's a grocery store, yeah. you know, and you've got your, your cucumbers and your peppers and, um, dare I say, zucchini. Well, um, no, you can't. You can't say that. <laughs> Correct yourself, please. You lost her in the square. Correct yourself. Courgette. Thank Courgette. you. Thank you. Um, you know, like, how is it, like, you'd have to put a scanner on it or you'd have to package that thing. Things that normally come without packaging, without plastic, without anything on them. How are you going to, you know, code that, that it's left the store? Unless you wrap it up and then that's not environmentally friendly or unless they put some sort of scanner on it. And then I don't trust that because now they're scanning my food. I don't like it. <laughs> so I got no. issues, man. I got issues. Well, you know, and you should always wash your fruit in bed anyway because of all the chemtrails. But, you know, let's, let's not go there either. You don't even get me started on where the government's spraying all over everything. Hey, well, let's, let's, let's leave that. All I'm saying, watch this space. You heard it here first, people. Amazon grocery stores, they're coming to a town probably nowhere near you to start with. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you hicks out there in the small towns. We're talking big city centers here. Yeah, we, hey, we, we love all our listeners, whether you're listening in a hobbit hole like Saddam Hussein with a full-on beard that you've not seen for like a day for seven years, or whether you're listening in a sprawling metropolis. We love you all, listeners. All, all, all 15 of you to the last episode, so bring that on. All right. Well, yeah, all 15, no matter where you are, we will keep you updated as to what's going on in the big city. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the last point on it, and it kind of bleeds into some other stuff that we wanted to talk about, was just, you know, it's 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 jobs. It's reducing jobs. You know, you're going to open this physical location, but you're not going to be employing awesome. all the people to run the, run the cashiers. You're not going to be running the tills. And I mean, they did try to do this at, at, at supermarkets already with the self-checkout thing. This is obviously much more efficient than that because you don't have to, you know, scan your items. And because I, I believe that a, a few consumer um, magazines and whatnot did studies on the um, the efficiency of the self-checkout and found that it was just like it didn't cut down on times at all. In fact, it was worse because, you know, you got people struggling to use the machine and bag their own stuff like it was just much easier to have someone who just that's all they did all day was just beep 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 you know run the shit through and they knew all the codes for the produce because they've been doing it for 30 years you know so they knew exactly what courgette was four five six two boom plug it in you know um this is obviously much better much more efficient because you don't have to run a machine yourself you just leave the premise and it charges you so perfect Except when you accidentally forget that you had stuff in your basket and you'd like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to really have that. But well, are you really going to go back for $4 and bring back the extra set of batteries that turns out you didn't need? Nah, you're just going to keep it. But, but then, well, that, but that raises a good point of, you know, how much is lost in a normal grocery store through shoplifting. Through people right, and, exactly. And not, not, you know, not on purpose shoplifting, you know, the same thing. You scan, you put it in your basket or in your pocket or you've eaten it on the way round or whatever and then 
bang, that's lost lost money, isn't it? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, who knows? This could be the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just walking around, you know, consuming things and instantly being charged for it. I mean, that again, we bleeds into some stuff that I wanted to talk about later. But um, for now, I think let's stick to the point of the jobs. Where's our jobs? Where's our jobs going to go? All these people that are, uh, you know, cashiers and things like this. If if we go to check out free uh, supermarkets and and stores all over, what are these what are these people going to do, Brad? Yeah, but to be fair, you know, this this goes into what's going on in the political world quite well at the moment because in the US there'll be nobody to work those tills because Trump's getting rid of all the Mexicans, and in the UK with Brexit we're getting rid of all, all the Eastern Europeans. So there will be nobody to work on these tills. So we need this sort of automation to take over. Otherwise, we're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you won't be able to get rid of all your undesired immigrants uh, and still have a functioning society. Oh, go yeah. figure. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's it's a good thing for yeah. your two nations that think that way. <laughs> for the rest of us that, uh, you know, would like to ensure a good, uh, you know, working environment for everybody. Uh, it's, you know, it's an issue. As Stephen Hawking uh, put out a piece um, in The Guardian, uh, which was a bit uh, pessimistic, as he's wont to do these days. Seems he's getting a bit crabby in his old age. Hey, the batteries, uh, and- the batteries are just getting low. Put some new batteries in the guy. He's, <laughs> he's the most optimistic bit- guy you've ever met. I think I think what it is is we're just we're just reading the tone of his machine voice wrong that flat monotone like we just can't really tell if he's trying to be pessimistic or optimistic. I have no idea what you mean. It's lost in translation. Flash. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not lost it's in translation because he can hit a button and speak in any language he requires. Yeah, that's right. That's he's right. The, I guess he's the future just... of mankind. Not this wandering around free talking life form. Hit the yeah. button and talk in any language you require. It's <laughs> a pretty good. It's a pretty good Stephen Hawking, I must say. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, he 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 put a he put something out in the Guardian, basically saying uh, uh, automation, you know, is going to be a huge automating the workforce. You know, it's coming, robots taking, and it's going to take all these jobs and and these jobs that are you know, likely to affect the types of people, you know, I I don't want to sound disparaging when I say that, but the demographic of people that are already concerned about losing their jobs and are already, you know, shown to be behind big, big people behind guys like Trump and stuff like that. A guy like Trump who's saying, you know, I'm going to bring back your manufacturing jobs. I'm going to bring back these, you know, good paying jobs that anybody can get that you know you can support your family on this he's worked in the factory for 30 years you know so it doesn't matter if he brings the factories back in in 10 years 15 years robots are going to be doing those jobs so you know there's got to be a bit more foresight i think um and and i've I've read stuff on both sides of the of the argument you know like it's not all stephen hawking's doom and gloom you know it's uh there's other people saying well you know like it's just a matter of finding other jobs and i don't know exactly how easy that is you know i know politicians are constantly talking about jobs so there's got to be some well you know know, basically what what they're saying is stop stacking the shelves and retrain to program a robot and you've got a job for life 
Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, there's, there's, I think that's part of it is retraining, you know, the workforce. And I know I've heard other, you know, voices in different media and stuff saying too, that it's like, well, not everybody's going to be a programmer. Not everybody can be a programmer. There's, you know, like not everyone's smart enough or whatever. And God knows I don't want to be a programmer. I don't think I'm smart enough to do that. So yeah, it doesn't work for me, but the, and, and the, and the matter is that there's only so many higher level, you know, jobs, let's say like supervisory roles, even let's say, okay, like the, 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 the factory floor is now automated, but you still need a supervisor for, you know, say yeah. something goes wrong or like you said to top it up on the robot or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever, you know, and there's, so there's only so many of those jobs, but it's like, there's a couple different things here. Um, and I think one of the things that's coming out and Elon Musk has talked about it is that this will basically lead to the need for a universal basic income, you know, uh, and, and in any of the, the money that, um, corporations are saving because they've automated their workforce and they save all this money. It's like that can go back to the population in terms of a universal basic income. I, universal basic income has been bandied about in a lot of different places, in a lot of different forums as, you know, a solution to potentially a solution to a lot of social problems. But then they, they then, you know, the, the more conservative minded folks will say, well, you give everybody, you just give them money. Nobody's going to want to do anything and they're all going to be lazy and there's no, you know, you're just going to have a bunch of lazy people with free money buying alcohol and cigarettes. And it's like, well, but you I know, know, then somebody's, maybe, somebody's got to make that alcohol and produce those cigarettes. So, <laughs> so until they that. automate that. And in which case, I'm joining a union and I'll be the front on the picket line. I don't know. I, personally, I don't think the universal basic income is that, is that uh, bad of an idea. And I think... I think there's a lot of evidence out there that shows if you do give people just a bit of money to get by, they they tend to do the right things with it. I mean, there's lots of welfare uh, studies that have shown that, like rather than giving people food stamps and, you know, telling them what to do with their government handout, basically, it's just just give them the money, they'll, they'll do the right thing with it. They know what they need better than the government knows what you need. But in terms of a universal basic income, I think it alleviates a lot of stress on people. Um, which could make social conditions in, in certain neighborhoods a lot better. Uh, and maybe that allows people the time to better their position and better their, you know, their well-being, their family, their relationships, their neighborhood in a way that society does get better, uh, not worse, not just a bunch of lazy slobs looking at YouTube all day because they got their universal basic income, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's one solution to the job, you know, losing your jobs to automation. The other thing is retraining, like you said, um, to different types of jobs, because honestly, I don't think that people really give a shit what they do. Like if you're, if you're, if your job is, you know, turning screws on a fat, on a, on a, what do you call it? Assembly line. <laughs> let's, let's just hope that you're never doing that job. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm turning screws. Where? Yeah. Screws, turning them. That's what you do. The fuck That's is that you, you do, just right? created? I don't know. I just turn the screws. <laughs> by 
Based on the old videos that I've seen uh, from the 1930s, that's what people did. Well, you know, and it was a good job, and you could support your family, and, and you had the union, and you had your pension, and that's all you needed. Well, based on this little discussion, yeah, you're right. You are not going to be a programmer, my friend. <laughs> that's right. It, but anyway, it, like, that's what I'm saying is I don't think that people care what it is. Like, at you best, should like, be wiping I'm, oil away from the furrowed brow of a robot, at best. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be sweeping up robot yeah. poop from the factory floor. Yeah, no, no, my only job is to make vague, uh, skeptical predictions about what robot automation may or may not do and various other political uh, and technological uh, uh, scenarios. That's, okay. that's what I'm good at. So if someone could pay me for this, I think this is what I'm best suited for. Well, okay. So uh, we'll let the listeners decide. We will let us decide. And I, I think you, you've just echoed on a point that we made last time. So is this going to be one of your 2017 predictions that we're all going to be sweeping up after robots that have taken all our jobs? Or are you saving that for somewhere down the future? And we've got your 2017 predictions yet to come on a future episode. But Yeah, but I think, I think we'll have to have a dedicated episode for all of them because I haven't hashed them all out. Um, but I think you could take any one of my ramblings from since we started the show and have it as a as a prediction. Um, but as as if we go back and look at any one of my ramblings, I think we'll see that I'm firmly on the fence in, in most situations and uh, am not really quick to make a decision one way or the other. But um, I think we can firm. I, I will firmly predict that um, robots will not take my job. Because my job will either be something... Sorry, well, what, what is your job? Exactly, exactly. This is what you're going to say. You can't take what you never had. <laughs> what, what's your robot do? Uh, he uh, mocks the unemployed. Oh, right. <laughs> he mocks them because he is one. <laughs> hey. You've got to be one to come back. So, you know, he would know better how to mock a homeless person or an unemployed person than anyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really a circle of self-loathing yeah, uh, that well. I'm stuck in, you know. So, but I don't know. It, it's, I think it's, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, this whole automation and in artificial intelligence debates, um, in terms of, you know, this idea that yes, we will lose jobs and people will have to refocus and retrain and will, you know find new ways of making a living or occupying their time for that matter. If we do get to a point where there's universal basic income. Um, but I think it, it, it also comes down to this, uh, this question of uh, losing our freedoms to, to the robots, you know, like there, as much as I said, I don't think people give a shit about what job they do. Um, there, you know, maybe there are people that, you know, they really take pride in, in, in working and they really take pride in, you know, building stuff. And now they can't do that because the robots have done it. Um, and then the other, you know, just think about, um, self-driving cars. Are people, you know, are people going to want to give up that freedom of I'm behind the wheel? I can yeah. drive as fast as I want. You know, I can, if I, if I'm, if I want to and there's nobody around, I can run a red, you know, because whatever. You know, these sorts of things, like if you're in your self-driving car and you're going 60 uh, on the highway when there's no one around, you're going to be like, damn it, car, 
come on, push it. We can go. Let's, you know, but, but I wonder, this is what, this is, this is where I was going with, again, with this, this rambling. Um, it's just this idea that will people really care or is it just become normal that you're just like, well, whatever, like, you know, like the people for in the car example, it's easier to think about like a generation that grows up with only self-driving cars aren't going to know what speeding was. They'll be like, well, my car just drives as fast as it drives. Like, well, I don't know. I have no thought about a speed limit and should I break it? And Well, I think, that, yeah, I think as you say, there will be that initial shock won't there of, oh, I'm losing my job or whatever. But then eventually it will, within a couple of years, within the next generation, whatever, just become commonplace. You know, if you think about everyone now has a mobile phone in their pocket, mm-hmm. but very few people ever think back to the days of having hundreds of operators in a in a room connecting all the calls. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think of that now, you think that's laughable. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm just thinking about well, what, what did they do when they lost their job? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it did make me, when you uh, talked about robots taking away freedom, I just had this impression of like a Braveheart robot. <laughs> you take our lives, but you never take our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> now do that in the Stephen Hawking voice and you've got it perfect. Take our lives, but you'll never take our free, free freedoms. He had a bit of an issue there. <laughs> Obviously, somebody that's not been fully retrained to program that voice up. But. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's, you know, maybe the, the, it begins with a, a wave of robot resentment, like the Luddites, right? Wow. So. And then, you know, the robots build Skynet, and then we're all dead anyway. So it doesn't make a lot of difference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I guess that's a topic for uh, for another day. Is uh, I just started reading a book on uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, you know, I could get even more paranoid and conspiracy theory uh, theoried out by the end of the year. So we'll see. <laughs> oh God, I'm really looking forward to your predictions in a couple of episodes' time. Oh God, I might start taking the antidepressants now just to make up for it. <laughs> well, it's like we said. You know, Christmas can be the the most depressing time for a lot of people. So. Yeah, if you're feeling that way, maybe skip this episode. Do, do, do you find a lot of people around you tell you this flash? This is the most depressing <laughs> time of year. I, I was fine actually until you walked in flash, but now I'm feeling kind of depressed because I was feeling really happy and joyous around about 37 minutes ago when we started doing this episode. Uh, whereas now I'm, you know, I've, I've run out of beer. That might have had something to do with it as well. Uh, Could be, but I'm, you know, considering jamming this pen into my eye socket to try and. <laughs> alleviate some of the pain that I'm feeling inside right now. But, well, um, and you know what? I, I, I really, you know, said that I was going to be upbeat and I was going to be uh, optimistic, which, you know, frankly, I think I am. Hey, hey well, think, we, okay, we've we briefly mentioned Trump and briefly mentioned Brexit, but, you know, we've done well so far. We're not going to go into those two topics today unless we go down a dark alleyway. Never say never, listeners. Uh, so, you know, we are, we are trying to be upbeat because we are the same years of modern media. And that's what we do. That's right. We roll with the times. That's, right. that's what we do. We roll with the times and bring you the late breaking, um, you know, technology, technological news and, and how it's going to affect your life and what, you know, what it means to you. You know, that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm trying to get at here. Robots. Is that these breaking news. Robots. I, I'm, be I'm afraid. Sure. I'm not sure. Don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm telling you that you should be afraid and not trust them. Okay, robots, brilliant. I'll never trust them. And don't even get me started on when robots start looking like people and then people want to marry robots. Mm-mm. I'm a traditionalist. Never in my world. 
you say that now, but I've I've seen I've seen the inside robot of, segregation. I've seen the inside of your closet. You've got a number of toys and inflatable <laughs> dolls in there. So you you say no now, but when it's fully automate, automated, you'll be literally all over it, and I do mean literally all over it. Yeah, isn't that always the case? The guy that's like railing against it the hardest in, in the media what? is usually. What? What? Oh, what's that mean? <laughs> The guy that's publicly denouncing it the most is usually the one that's actually doing it. When you look at all those like super religious uh, televangelists of the eighties and nineties and stuff, they're always the ones. They're always the ones. So do as yeah. I say, don't do as I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't. This has gotten way <laughs> off where I thought it would go, but. <laughs> I fully blame myself. So. Well, all I would say is a robot co-presenter would be a lot more efficient than you are at this job. You know, we, we would have yeah, but it wouldn't track. be as fun. Well, it wouldn't that's be as true. fun. True. Yeah. It's true. It'd take it, a higher level of programming. We'll throw it back to the uh, the uh, two grad for you approved next generation. Well, you know? do you want to have to constantly be explaining jokes to Data while you're doing the show? Come on. Yeah, well, but you know, good and bad because data obviously stands for good, but then his evil brother, law, you know, take oh, your chances shit. there. I totally forgot about law. Well, don't, yeah, and that's the trouble. You forget about him. He's switched off somewhere in a cupboard, and then somebody finds him. Oh, switch him back on. Next thing you know, you've got a crystalline entity destroying planets and destroying worlds. <laughs> Predictions for 2017. Here we <laughs> it's go. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Well, well, right on. Well, should we uh, should we try and, and move to to something else, or do you have a, no, a few no, more thoughts no, no. on the on the, I, the I, robot? I think we've depressed the listeners quite enough with your shit out of luck. Your job's going. You're all going to be destroyed by an evil robot, um, and probably raped by a human looking one in the future as well. That's basically paraphrasing what you've said there. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'll have no, to go back and listen to the tape, but I don't know if that's what I said but. to the tape. To the tape. Yeah. I think you'll find technology's moved on, my friend. Living in an antiquated world, we've moved on from tape. Uh, all my references are, you know, outdated. I'm talking about Star Trek and Luddites and tape. And you're a relic of a bygone era. You're like a oh, lightsaber. Well. <laughs> this might, this might, might just be the charm that I can uh, bring to this. You know, as a savior of modern media, yeah, it harkens <laughs> back to an older time. We might have to rethink the uh, saviors of modern media, saviors <laughs> of uh, cassette tapes and eight tracks <laughs> on media. That's maybe where yeah. we should be going. Crusaders, Crusaders for analog. <laughs> hey, that would be a good band name, though. Hey, that that would be a good band name, and we could record the podcast on vinyl. Ooh, ooh. Except that this reminds me too much of a um, CBC radio program that I absolutely hate called the Vinyl Cafe. Okay. I think I think it's you go take a listen, listeners in Canada, all two of you, or three, I don't know, <laughs> will know the Vinyl Cafe, and some of you probably right now are saying, "What? I love the Vinyl Cafe because it's a quite popular um, CBC program." I, for one, hate it. Think it's the worst. The guy's okay. got the most annoying voice and the most boring stories. So I don't want to record on vinyl purely to not be like the Vinyl Cafe. Okay, that's good. Because especially with all the effort that you've been putting in recently to maybe bring this podcast to the masses with being able to download it on iTunes and things like that. The fact that we're, you know, discussing backtracking and don't worry, listeners, you can pack a vinyl in your back pocket and 
listen when you're not in the car and at home and strapped up to a record player. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to catch on, but who knows? Maybe if anything, if if anything, I want to go so far back that it's one of those uh, you know really old like what, the original wax. players with like that big tuba looking thing that comes out of the time. <laughs> yeah. If anything, we'll release on that. We'll release the okay. back catalog on that. Okay. Whatever the fuck that thing's called. Well, a gramophone, I think you'll find. There we go. There we yeah. go. That's the one. I'm available for pub quizzes, that sort of thing. Just uh, <laughs> give, give me a shout. So, what else? Take me to the future, no flash, because we've just dwelled languishing in the past. Set a course. Get the flux capacitor fired up. Take me to the future. Engage. All right. Oh no, nice. I think I think. The, 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 you know, in speaking of what we did with, with automation and the way that Amazon's going and sort of revolutionizing, uh, the ways that we do business and, and the way that, you know, products and stuff are going to be built. There's another technology out there that frankly I've been interested in for a while and most people will know it from Bitcoin. Most people have heard of Bitcoin, the okay. digital currency. Yeah. Um, but it's the technology behind it that's really gotten me sort of interested. Um, and and this is I think a technology that really you know it's even labeled a disruptive you know uh, breakthrough and things like this because it has the ability to really disrupt the way that that we do things um, and basically the idea behind it uh, it's an interesting story Bitcoin because the um, the first mention of it was after the two thousand eight financial crisis which basically saw you know bankers and banks being extremely irresponsible and fraudulent in most cases, which led to a lot of people losing their jobs, homes and money. Um, and it's all because, you know, the banks were allowed to run wild and, and, and do whatever they wanted. And, and then in 2008, after this crisis, so I'm not, no one really knows if the two are linked, but it was good timing anyway, that this anonymous paper was released on the internet uh, outlining the idea of a cryptocurrency, a Bitcoin cryptocurrency, um, and and the the technology that could make it possible, uh, and the technology is called blockchain. And the paper was um, the author of the paper was I believe the name was something Namagachi or something <laughs> I can't remember, but it was a Japanese name. But nobody really Satoshi Nakamoto. But nobody knows who that is, whether it's one person or a bunch of people. So it's kind of emerged out of the Internet, which I get, makes me all the much more excited about the technology. As we've you mentioned in, in previous episodes, the, you know, the crazy inventor that's out there. Um, so anyway, basically the idea behind it um, when they were developing the idea for digital currency was there was always this problem with double spending. Anything that's like digital like that. You don't because it's not a physical entity. You do, you can't guarantee that it's not being duplicated, um, and therefore there's no way of you know assigning value to it. And there's fraud. You know you can just one person can say they have it, but the other person actually has it. There's no way of tracking that. So what they did was they developed this thing called the blockchain. And the blockchain um, not only is it really good at um, making sure like verifying the identity of the piece the the thing that you're that you're um following or you're wanting to keep account of uh digitally it also decentralizes 
uh, this whole system so that you there's no need for a central entity. Um, but I guess I think I'm maybe getting ahead of myself here. Um, basically, what it does is you have a way of um, it's a it's a decentralized transaction ledger. Okay. That's spread out. That's spread out um, uh, on a peer to peer network. So, like your file sharing Got applications you. or whatever is, it's not housed on one computer. Everybody's computer works simultaneously to keep track of the transactions that are going on on this network. And any time that a transaction is made, um, the piece of data that's been transmitted gets, you know basically gets a tag placed onto it, um, which it has its identity, which is in cryptography. So it's it's sealed and secret and private. Um, and then a time tag gets put on it, uh, a location for where it was, where the transaction took place. And it links it to the last transaction in the ledger. So every single transaction, every single movement of, say, a Bitcoin across this network. So every time a Bitcoin is spent, um, it gets this tag put on it, this hash, they call it, put on it. So in that way, you can always verify where it's been right. and how, how many hands it's passed. And as soon as that that tag, that hash is put on the transaction, it's sealed um, with cryptography. This is, you know, the math shit that I'll never understand. This will also never be my job. Um, <laughs> but it, it makes it, this is what makes it incredibly hard to to hack, to break. Um, so <clears throat> this creates a way that you can track these things. So there's the double spending problem is gone. One Bitcoin can only be held by one person at one time because there's that record of it. So it's this, this ledger, this network, this big peer to peer network of this ledger that can keep track of all these bits of data floating around. And it's incredibly secure. That's the point. That's the big ramble that. You know, I went on and maybe should have practiced before we recorded. But so, so I've heard of Bitcoin. I don't quite get it. So, what what's assigned the value? Why is there a value assigned assigned to a Bitcoin when I could say, okay, well, I'm just going to take a random object and assign a value. I don't, I don't get how somebody came along and went. I'm just going to create money out of nothing, which they tell us we can't do. Well, so, so this this is now like two different topics really okay because the, because the blockchain can't is is like um blockchain is the it's technology a behind it yeah it's a method right. that allows bitcoin to be implemented okay. so blockchain can be used for a, a multitude of different things and i think that's the interesting point um and the interesting you know discussion which we can get back to but bitcoin itself the reason that it it has value um, is because it's ever depreciating. It's, it's, it's a finite asset, just like gold or silver or what, you know, any of these things where there's a finite amount of it. Um, and there's a finite amount of it because, and, you know, I'm not an expert in this obviously at all, but there's an algorithm or something that creates Bitcoin. So okay. it's like it, and, and it was started in one computer and then, and then people, when they kind of got onto it, they other people set up centers or you know servers or computers basically running this algorithm and mining bitcoin out of the data so it's like out of all transactions or stuff going on in the world in the internet in the digital space 
this certain sequence of, I don't know what it is, you know, transactions or, you know, the algorithm crunches the certain sequence of whatever, and that creates a Bitcoin. And, and the algorithm is designed to eventually run out. So I think it's, okay. I can't remember when it is, but it's like by 20 something, like only like 15 years from now or something, all the Bitcoin that's possible will be mined. So you will have, that'll be it. And so that's, that's it. That's your, right. so that's, that's your currency. That's your value. So it's just like, you don't, I mean, governments do make more money, but you know, that's why gold, people will argue that gold was the better standard to be going on than dollars in the first place, because it's a finite thing, you know? And you can you can actually ascertain a value to it, um, and so that's that's Bitcoin. Okay. But the reason that you can you can now have digital currency is because the blockchain technology allows it to be secure uh, and traceable. Right. Okay. So those were it. always the problems with digital with digital currency is that you couldn't <clears throat> you could never keep track of it in such a secure way so as to guarantee it's not being you know, manipulated or that it's not two people aren't fraudulently spending the same, you know, right. dollars or bits or whatever. So, yeah. If, so yeah. So as you say, it's a track in a way, it's a tracking software. So does it assign a use? So could somebody somewhere look in like a bank ledger, like you can with a bank ledger and go, okay, well, Mr. Flash has a thousand Bitcoins and whoever, is there somebody that has the ultimate power to, I guess, track the ledger? To see who's got what? Well, from my understanding of it is it's it's so secure because you don't have to put your data. Like no one gets to see your data. Right. Um, because you just, if you send somebody something, <coughs> whether it's your information or your bitcoins, your money, whatever it is, it you know, is received by the other sender and stored there and it's got this tag on it so everybody knows that the transaction went through. So you can follow, you can verify that the sender has received it. And because of the process of putting this tag on it um, and linking it to the other transactions, so it's always got a trail, it's always got a traceable trail. Um, And then the... And this is where like the art of cryptography comes in. I guess it's just incredibly hard to break that um, sequence without, you know, being without it being known, without it being incredibly obvious. Um, and I mean, I, I think there has been some cases where hackers have been able to break into some of these blockchain networks, but from what I've read, that's mainly due to uh, negligence. Uh, and and just poor, you know, implementation of it on on the part of the people that were running the thing. Yeah. Um, but so basically, no, I mean, I, I don't. I think there is a way that you can you know monitor the transactions and stuff going on, but it's the most secure way for you to spend money online or you know have pass data online because it also removes all the middlemen, right? Right. Got Everything just goes right to the sender, right to the, you know, and you can have um, situations where the transaction only goes through when it's been approved by 
you can set conditions, right? For, oh, yeah. for this. So this is where, you know, the technology actually, you know, aside from digital currency, which is, I think, really a great thing. Um, because, you know, you get rid of things like banks. One of the biggest advocates for, for Bitcoin, I've heard this guy named Alex Antonopoulos. He's a big Bitcoin advocate. He's written a couple books. Um, I've listened to him on a number of podcasts. He says, you know, one of his quotes is that, you know, it's about debanking everybody. Right. You know, it's like, so you no longer need a bank. You don't need to pay somebody to, 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 to hold your you. money. And, and, you know, you don't have to pay for any time you want to use your money. You know, so you want to take your debit transactions, visa, whatever, all these things, they charge you for using your money. Whereas it's like, you should be able to just send it to whoever, you know, and that, and that would revolutionize, you know, the way that we do business, you know, well, the bankers would be out of jobs, you know, but no one's going to be crying about where's their jobs because we all hate them so much. Well, but you know, they pay a lot of tax. So yes, well, do they? Or do wow. they just shuttle it offshore? So, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different discussion. So is there, so is there another? So the technology itself seems very clever. Are there other future uses for the technology? Yes, totally. Other than finance, which is a big one, which is really interesting. And the other point I'll say on finance of, of debanking people, it also offers people without access to a bank. So places. You know, in the developing world, Africa, Southeast Asia, there's some of these places where, where digital currencies are already sort of taking a huge, you know, right. part of the of the market. Well, that's um, good because I, I sent some to a Nigerian prince that's having a lot of his money withheld <laughs> at the moment. So hopefully he'll be able to free some up because he, you, he you said should, he'd think of me and uh, return a little bit on my investment with him. So that'd be nice. Yeah, well, I, I think you should you should hold on because it's probably coming. Cool. Yeah, because cool. I'm banking um, on that. I'm banking on that for Christmas. I've got to buy presents for the family, my daughter, and stuff. So, right, yeah, I need right. that. I need that check to come in because my bank account's empty at the moment. So. <laughs> well, I'd say email him again, maybe, and see see okay. what's up with that. But. Okay, I'll, I'll just make a note to email him. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think this will that. So this will be interesting because um, Africa actually is going to be one of the biggest testing grounds apparently for this type of technology because okay. Tunisia and now Senegal. Are the two first the first two countries to launch digital currency? So they're the, those two countries are, and they're still doing it through a bank, but they're using blockchain technology. Now, your next question: What else can this technology do? Um, because it's really great for verification uh, of transactions and stuff like this. Um, you can do things like um, licenses. You can issue licenses, uh, proofs of records. Um, for example, uh, even w- was was a service performed on this piece of equipment? When when was it performed? Who performed it? Do they have the proper qualifications to perform that? So you can track all these different things and uh, transferring money, like we said, uh, enabling direct payments between people. Right. So you you we could we could get rid of Amazon. We won't even need Amazon or eBay. Get rid of them, you know, and just do all. There's a open bazaar is a. Uh, blockchain network that there has been started it's a startup to basically create a free marketplace for all your goods anything you want to sell so it would be like an ebay but you take ebay and visa and paypal and all these things that ch- charge you to, to sell and receive money 
to sell goods and receive money and take them right out of the equation. So you, um, you've just you've just made all of Amazon unemployed. Yep. So they've lost their jobs now. They, you know, we were just saying that they've just got their jobs and now they've lost Boom. their jobs as well. Factory workers, jobs, gone. So basically, drivers, every, every, basically jobs, everyone gone. needs to retrain into <clears throat> blockchain. Bankers, gone. Amazon employees, gone. What's that? So I need Cashews, to retrain. gone. I need to retrain into blockchain programming or whatever. Yeah. Basically to guarantee my job. That's what we're saying. Until the next big thing comes along and then. Well, let's. Let's go down the list because I got a few more people that might be out of jobs. Wow. You can do land red. You could do land registries like property titles, anything like this, anything okay. that's changing hands like that. So then you get rid of all the bureaucracy involved with that. You don't need people notarizing documents and stamping them and passing them along. Um, so yeah, anything with a chain of custody of a phys- phys- <clears throat> physical asset. And this is then we get to the last one, which I think is really an interesting one. And that's with identities. So your your documents. There's um, a uh, blockchain startup okay. that just came out called One One Name, and it basically by putting all of your things on this, all your identity, uh, in basically a pass card. They call it the the yeah. I think it's a yeah pass card is what they call it. Um, it's a digital form of identity. Um, that could replace your password, your passwords. So all the password to your accounts and stuff, um, any form of physical identification, like your passport, or your driver's license. Um, it could even be used in the future for like your keys. So basically you just need this one thing. It's the most secure, you know, as, as it can be that we have right now. And it would be able to take care of all of your data, all of your information. Um, you wouldn't need to put it out into the internet in an, in an unsecure way. So if governments were to get on board with this, and some governments are Estonia of all places, um, is one of the first governments to really get into it. And they're issuing sort of e-residency. So you can get e-residency in Estonia and access all of their services online, uh, register your company there, you know, do your taxes, get your e-residency card, all this different thing. And it's all using the blockchain technology to keep it secure and traceable. Um, But yeah, you could do basically all your government ID. You could then vote. There's people, you know, looking into how you could use this to voting. So any basically all the communication that you wanted to have with the government with your secure information or banking that you needed to secure information, you could do with this technology. Um, your medical records, you know, your medical records could be on there. Uh, and if a doctor sent your medical records to a specialist that he said he was going to, <coughs> excuse me, you could see that. You could say, hey, okay, he's shown my medical records to this guy. Right. That's okay. That's what I wanted. Or no, that's what's going on here. I didn't approve that. Um, you know, it's, 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 I'm frankly, I'm going to be looking into this more and more because as people probably understood from, like I said, my ramblings, I don't really understand the, the finer details of it, but I think it's something, you know, people, you know, look into it because it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting technology. It seems like it's got the power to really change the way that we do a lot of things. And a lot of people are taking notice. I think uh, one resource I looked at said that over a billion dollars had been invested by various, you know, whether it's banks or governments, um, private investors into this technology in just this last year. 
with right. most of those investments coming in the last like six months. So people are taking notice and I think banks are taking notice, especially because they're, they're worried about being pushed out of the, yeah out of the equation. So they're like, we better get on board with this technology before, you know, and find a way to make it work for us before, you yeah, know, we're it, out, we're it, out of a job. Into, before they're out of a job, right? Well, and I'll tell you um, who else will be happy. I don't know if it's hit the news over there. The vegans will be happy because they're all up in arms over here about our new five pound notes that your Canadian guy in charge of the Bank of India brought to us because the new plastic five pound notes in this country contain Carney. Uh, yeah. Carney has brought five pound notes to this country that contain tallow derived from animal origin and uh, vegans are up in arms. There's a, there's actually a, yeah, well, go a, digital. Well, there's a vegan cafe in, in uh, Cambridge, the closest city to me that were refusing to accept the five pound note as payment. So I went in yesterday, filled my boots with food. I had so much food I couldn't eat. And then, Sorry, I've only got five pound notes and uh, walked out. So I, I didn't really, I didn't really. But. <laughs> well, there you go. They, they'll they'll be happy to hear that uh, it might soon be possible to pay digitally, and no animals will have been, been harmed hard. in the uh, transaction that ensued. But it, it does sound like an interesting technology. In, I'm a bearer of little brain, but it does sound like a technology that you know. Obviously, you've just listed a, a load of potential uses for it, but potentially, as we go more and more digital with everything, it could be you know, it's the way forward. So, there's, yeah, somebody making a lot of money somewhere behind the scenes, surely. Well, I, 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 I would if people are interested in it, I would suggest looking at looking into this Alex Anthopoulos guy. He's the guy that first really got me interested in the subject, but it wasn't until. Um, I just, I just heard him speak, like I said, on podcasts. So I, you know, I, he was a good introduction for me. Um, but it wasn't, I really started investigating it just like two days ago when I saw that Senegal was launching an, an e-currency because I had always been like, you know, this is a good way, you know, the financial aspect of it has always been Bitcoin has always been what sort of grabbed me into it. Yeah. But I didn't understand the the blockchain technology behind it and didn't really grasp all the different uses for it because I know like I believe we've had discussions about this you know just like you know needing to change fundamentally some of the systems and that that we have whether it's democracy the way the politics are done um you know by banking is one that we may not have talked about specifically but I think this is you know this is what we have talked about is that people are frustrated with a lot of these systems that don't seem to be working in their interest and they're kind of getting the raw deal out of it. Something like blockchain has the ability to sort of put the power back in the hands of the individual, debanking everybody. You know, you don't need a bank. You don't need to rely on them for this, you know, like e-voting, you know, like making communication between you and your government that much simpler. So you don't, you know, you, you can act, the will of the people can actually be seen you know, in real time, you know, you vote on something on your device using your perfectly encrypted pass card thing, and then you can track the the mood, if you will, uh, real time, you know, and uh, with with more confidence, right? So as long as governments get on board with it, and, you know, it, and people understand the limitations and the and the benefits of it, I think it has, it does have the power to sort of really you know, change the way you do things. And I mean, I, the financial thing will be the, 
the first thing that we'll see. Um, I mean, two places now have digital currency. Uh, if you think about just all the different ways in which you could remove a middleman for a financial transaction, that's going to benefit a lot of people and probably benefit a lot of people that, uh, frankly, are getting screwed right now or don't have access to, you know, the the market or some of the luxuries that other people have yeah. because they're not operating through a bank, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's a good thing. I, I like the idea that it's a disruptive technology. If you go to the, what did I say? The guy, the anonymous, I guess it's not anonymous, but the, the Alex. No, 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 no. no. The, uh, the, the person that the paper, the anonymous paper that came out, the Satoshi Nakamoto. There's a Satoshi Nakamoto Institute now. Doesn't, um, doesn't sound very anonymous to me. The guy's got no, I know it's, it's it's the wrong word, but nobody <laughs> knows who's nobody knows who Mister or Mrs. I don't know if that's a female name. <laughs> uh, Nakamoto is nobody knows who that, but there's a Nakamoto Institute now. That's um, and I read their mission statement, and it was kind of interesting because it was like you know, the the goal was to, one of the goals, one of the mission statement goals was to be disruptive. It's like, we're here to, to shake up the system, you know, right. like we want to break shit down and find a new way of things. And I don't know, that's, a, that's the kind of thing that gets my juices flowing a bit. So you heard it here first, people, Flash has got his juices flowing. So <laughs> okay, well, Take us on to something else, Brad, because um, I feel like I've, you know, given the listeners a thorough ear beating, okay, and well, they probably I'm, don't want to hear my voice I'm gonna, uh, much longer. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to something that um, probably a, a bit more within our field of biology, I guess. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us back to uh, the humble platypus, uh, ah. that uh, beaver lookalike type creature that uh, lives down under. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's call it what it is. A freak. Well, is it a freak? Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? It's my, it's just native oh, to Australia, dead? isn't it? Well, it's, you, know, I, you know, if there are any platypuses out there, I don't want to upset them. You know, we've got to look after our 15 listeners. Flash. Do you mean if there's any palata pie out there? Well, in, well, don't don't make them into a pie because they, you know, <laughs> they are a protected species, so don't do that. Um, but no, so Australian researchers led by the University of Adelaide have discovered... Um, a uh, hormone in their venom, uh, GLP-1, um, which is um, glucagon-like peptide 1. Um, oh, right. The old glucagon-like peptide. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so they have, the platypus have spurs on their feet that they use uh, to ward off predators or when they're in fights with other males uh, while mating. Um and scientists have discovered um, there's a whole host of other proteins in there, but they've discovered that there's also this neuropreptide, this GLP-1 in there. And what's exciting about that is GLP-1 is uh, known to help regulate uh, blood insulin levels. Um, so there are a couple of products on the market already by pharmaceutical companies that have uh, analogs of GLP-1. The problem with GLP-1 is um, what it does is, or I should say what it does first. So, um, once it's taken on board, it's actually a gut hormone. And what it does is it induces uh, insulin secretion to lower blood sugar. So and obviously in diabetics, the blood sugar goes up through the roof. So it would help bring that down. The problem with naturally occurring GLP-1 is it has a half-life of about one to two minutes. So very short-lived. By the time you give it to someone that's diabetic, 
it doesn't really do a lot because it's broken down in that time. So the analogs um, help with some of that. But actually what they've discovered is the platypus, um, through evolution, and they're, they're looking into why, has evolved their version of GLP-1 to actually last on a more sustained level. Hmm. So it doesn't get broken down within a minute. So it actually has a job of regulating um, blood insulin or insulin levels a lot more, and thus, in effect, controlling glucose levels. Um, hmm. So potentially they're seeing this as a, a, a future treatment for type 2 diabetes because it would um, long-term support you know, insulin levels and blood levels as opposed to just the sort of highs and lows that they have at the moment, the more stable form of GLP-1. So, like you said, this is good for type 2 diabetes. Well, so rather than letting getting people on a healthy diet and controlling their insulin, we're going to give them the option of, you know, platypus venom so that you can eat all the shit you want and never have to worry about it. I like it. I like it. Well, some of the things that it does is it also um, it stops the cell death, the apoptosis of um, the bank, the pancreatic beta cells, the, the cells that produce insulin. So it stops those cells from dying. So what you have in a lot of these diabetics is they have some baseline function, but then over time, because they're immune to the insulin or they produce antibodies to the insulin, therefore that's when they become diabetic because they can't moderate their own blood glucose. But actually, one of the effects of GLP-1 is it inhibits that cell program cell death, so it keeps what what cells they've got, but it also stimulates proliferation of more of those beta cells. So, mm. so actually, in a way, can repair normal function, and that's that's what's quite exciting about this naturally occurring GLP-1 is that that does that. Now, the trouble is the naturally occurring version they have at the moment, until this discovery was so short-lived, they couldn't mm-hmm. do anything with it. So now potentially right, right, with this right. more sustained release, this stable form, you could induce a cure. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's to me, that's that's the interesting one because the type 1 diabetes where your immune system has basically just decided to kill all of your insulin-producing cells for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, it was having a bad day and decided to take it out on your on your body and killed your you know that's that's a really unfortunate one because you know there's it, there's no control of it with diet or you know it's i don't know this is kind of terrible to say but sometimes with the type 2 cases you're like well you know you've this is the stigma anyway and i I'm, maybe i'll get shit on from you know people out there being you you're stigmatizing people with type type 2 diabetes but there's from my understanding is that you've poor diet and lack of exercise and everything has led to the increased blood sugar. And basically your pancreas is having trouble keeping up and therefore, you know, it burns out. You've, you're losing the control. Yeah. You've, yeah. you've burnt your, you know, it's like, you know, drinking your liver dead, you know? Um, whereas the type one, you really have no choice. It, 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 unfortunately it's genetic and it just happened to you. Now, having said that, I would like there to be a cure for both. Uh, and it sounds like this is a, a, you know, an interesting, an interesting protein to go for. Not only does it, it's like, it's like the pancreatic beta cell, uh, steroid wonder. Yeah. yeah wonder, wonder peptide or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's, and, why, and, 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 you know, irrelevant to the applied, science of it yeah why do palatopi 
have this? Yeah. What's their diet? What do they eat? Yeah, good, good question. So they, they basically said that they've evolved because it's in the venom of their spirit. So they, it's evolved. Oh, right, it's in the venom. Yeah. So why, why is it there in the venom at all? You know, is it, is it part of it that it's, you know, yeah. I think that's the question. In the research I, I saw, there was nobody that speculated while it was there. I can understand having neurotoxins and hemotoxins yeah. things in there. I don't, I don't get, oh, I'm going to get you so bad. I'm going to moderate your blood glucose levels. Yeah. I, I don't, but an interesting but one. It, I mean, I guess it's got to be just a small part of the venom that, you know, I don't know, maybe in conjunction to something else or, cause it's not like the whole, I'm assuming anyway, I'm not, it's not, the whole venom is made up of this thing. So it's like, you stab somebody with it and it, you know, sends their insulin, you know, skyrocketing and then they crash right. because they got too much. You know, it's like, I'm pretty sure that's not how the venom works, but uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's, it's weird that it's, I wonder if it's expressed in, if they express it in other parts of their body or if it's just secreted in this venom. Um, I don't know. This, the scientist biologist in me has so many questions that, you know. Well, you know. You know not, like, what's the predator of the platypus? Yeah. Who, who are they most injecting with this venom? Maybe it reacts to something in their uh, blood in a different way or their system in a different way. Or, well, in biology, their biggest predator is, is themselves. So that's that's why the venom's evolved, basically, to, you know, to be used in mating to fight off other males or to ah. whatever ritual. So, yeah, maybe they're, you know. There's obviously something within their metabolism locally, you think, doing that. But I know there's um, another example. So one of the analogs, I think it's Xenotide, is actually um, available in, in treatments on the market now. And that was discovered by a scientist that um, I think it came from the Gila Monster, or the story goes it's from the Gila Monster. Um, and a scientist was on Which is? It's like a big monitor-type lizard. Ah, okay, okay. Um, yeah. And somebody was on, a scientist was on holiday one day and as this big monster lizard walked in front of him, the tall guy said, oh, and this is the Gila monster. And the amazing thing about Gila monster is they only eat once every three or four months. And the tall carries on, but this guy goes, hmm, hold on. How do, they, how do they monitor their blood glucose if they only eat once every three or four months? There must be a massive spike. And then what What happens? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he went digging around in the guts of a Gila monster and discovered GLP-1, which is where the discovery hmm. came from. And then all these analogs came from that. So... Yeah, there's already, you know, there's already some products on the market with the analogs. So, you know, will mm -hmm. there be products mm -hmm. in the future? So, yeah, interesting. So, so we've known, like you said, we've known about this thing for a while, but we've just never had a good natural version. And this is now like the best natural version that, that we can, that we've found so far. Yeah. And the, and the reason for that is because it is so much more stable and the half-life is so much longer. So, whereas the analogs don't have a lot of the, other positive effects of the the upregulation of other cells and, and the like protection that. and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, hmm. Okay, another benefit of this uh, jobs. We're now going to have a bunch of people out there milking platypus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can milk anything with nipples, right? You milk their little spurs, you know. So we we need platypus breeders and milkers. So, so uh, yeah, you're the diabetic. So get yeah. get down to the job center on Monday morning and start signing up. Yeah, yeah. Show them how little your hands are. I bet you Donald Trump would be a great platypus <laughs> milker. His little tiny hands. Hey, he's got to do something once his first term's over. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah. hope. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, 
So yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll for that. I can see that time's gonna go on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll for that. It is the season to be jolly. So a festive story. Now, Flash. I don't know what it's like. I know you have Canadian Thanksgiving, and you can give us an insight to the North American. We're doing things, but Christmas in Canada. Would you? What would what would make up a traditional roast dinner? With obviously roast turkey. Yeah, turkey. Yeah, we did turkey, mashed potatoes. It's a lot like Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, you you could do a ham. Okay. You do your baked ham, glazed ham. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, basically turkey. Yeah. And then would you get all the vegetable trimmings for that? Roast potatoes, carrots. Yeah, mashed potatoes, carrots, sweet potatoes. Uh, yeah, beans, peas, all of that. Now, would you ever have Brussels sprouts with your Thanksgiving? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what's like there. Personally, but... I think they're kind of gross, but you know. Well, that's the thing here. You know, they're they're the vegetable everyone loves to hate. Personally, I don't. I don't dislike them. I don't love them. But for me, they are a Christmas tradition. So I always have to have some on my plate. Love or hate. My, right, right. my dad absolutely hates them. Mm-hmm. But, at, but at the same time, he'll put one or two on his plate because, you know, the Christmas that's tradition. Is, yeah. Yes, that's right. That could be under threat this year round uh, due to... An oh, my God. The war on Christmas has now extended to Brussels sprouts? It has. And the reason for that is there has been an invasion of sprout-eating moths. Oh my god! Uh, basically decimated. It's the diamondback moth or the cabbage moth. Um, okay, I've um, heard of these. Well, you may have heard of them because, by all accounts, they're um, one of the biggest uh, insects or biggest uh, moths that are able to evolve resistance. So they're very good as a mm-hmm. pest. They're one of the mm-hmm. fastest. They're huge crop crop pests yeah. all over the world. Yeah, yeah, and and part of the the reason why they're so successful is their evolution is so quick. So they evolve resistance to pesticides so so quickly um so in the uk most of our brussels sprouts it seems come from the channel islands from jersey and guernsey uh and they've been decimated guernsey uh yeah by all accounts uh <laughs> brussels is not the biggest producer by all accounts <laughs> oh, yeah, um, there you go so it's reported guernsey it's is. reported that actually the biggest supplier from uh from that area from the channel islands has lost his entire crop Oh shit! Uh, yes. Oh shit. Um, and then the second biggest place is actually Lincolnshire, which is on the uh, east coast of the UK, and uh, they're reporting there like sixty percent of the crop has been decimated. So, what I'm saying is, you might want to buy some of your Bitcoin and then invest that into Brussels sprouts. Because... I was just going to say, do we need to invest in Brussels sprouts? The, the great Brussels sprout shortage of 2016. It could be. Could be that. It could be the new currency of the future because of. This uh, small moth that is literally destroying it. In all accounts, they have two crops. So they have a crop in the summer mm-hmm. um, to supply, you know, autumn, and then they have a crop now, obviously, to supply Christmas. Um, the summer crop was decimated in a lot of places, and they're predicting that actually they haven't done enough to get rid of the pests this time around. So actually, there'll be sh- there'll be a shortage for Christmas. Oh my god. Oh my god! Or you know, people might just realize, eh? You know, we didn't really need Brussels sprouts anyway. Wow, they weren't really adding that much to let them go the way of the dodo. Well, <laughs> you say that now, but you know, potentially families all over Britain will be saying Christmas is ruined because you know there's always cookery programs about what to do with the sprouts, how can you make them interesting. So that's yeah. that's TV chefs out of a job. There's no More sprouts. That's the, obviously the sprite growers are out of a job. The only people that might yeah. get job are those developing the pesticides. I guess they get jobs. Yeah. And, but then obviously then the robots will then make it, so then they'll be out of jobs. So, yeah. yeah. And then the, the vicious cycle of jobs and no jobs continues. Well, 
And there we go. It's a downward spiral. You know, you've heard yeah. that prediction here first, folks. So Yeah. Well, I'd say the sprout farmers can just move to legalize marijuana, right? Uh, yeah, it's not so good with my Christmas dinner, though. But maybe if I had it as a starter, it yeah, would be. Because then you get the munchies, and then you I think be... it would make Christmas dinner, like, infinitely better. <laughs> until until you got that craving for Brussels sprouts. And you go, ah, oh, where, yeah, where do I get my Brussels sprout fix? Nowhere, mate. Well, I, uh, I'm... I'm worried, you know. I've I've long been warned about the the war on Christmas, uh, the political correctness war on Christmas, and so I've I've you know I've always been worried about Christmas and the the viability of it long term. And now that Brussels sprouts are going out, I don't know, man. It's a it's a bit worrisome. But um, I'll just briefly give uh uh. A bit of hope for the Christmas season because there's always, you know, new Christmas traditions. You, you live in other places that you find out about. Uh, and one that I've, since being here in Germany now, that I've just uh, become aware of is uh, Nicholas Day or Nicholas Night here in Germany. Yeah. Okay. Last night, where December 5th, I believe it is, all the children leave their shoes out. Yeah. And see if they're good. Then they get little sweets in their shoes. If they're bad, they get a rod. Which basically I'm told is for beatings. Yeah. <laughs> you get hit with the rod. Like for our listeners down in the south, it's like a switch. Uh, put in your shoe and then you know that you've been bad. But then if you come from countries like Austria or Switzerland where there's more of an alpine vibe, they got more of the traditional one, it's known as Krampusnacht, where not only does Santa Claus come and he might give treats to the good ones, but his helper doesn't just put a rod in your shoe for you to get beat with it's actually a cloven horned beast that will come and take your kids put them in a bag and cart them away or beat them up or eat them or something but there's (laughs) there's a there's a creature out there in austria potentially switzerland too that's stealing children putting them in bags and doing god knows what with them i mean i guess it's only the bad children so they had it coming but Krampus knocked. It's a thing. Okay. I didn't. Uh, I I didn't know about that till till now. Well, and this could actually be a good topic because I know um, different countries have it the other way. So Spain, for instance, um, they don't really celebrate. They don't do Christmas presents really on Christmas Day for the kids. They don't get their presents until the sixth of January. Huh. On um, Epiphany, so they get they they get maybe they'll get some presents on Christmas Day, but they'll. 6th of January is like the biggest celebration. But maybe this is something we could do in the future, you know, pre-Christmas episode. Let's do some research and see how Christmas varies from around the globe, maybe, across the continents. Well, I don't know, because like I said, the people, our US listeners will be upset, you know, that uh, Christmas isn't done in the in the right Christian way. And the war on Christmas persists. Well, Christmas has been cancelled, isn't it? <laughs> Christmas A there's no sprites and B Christmas I hear isn't starting until January 20th next year so right right that's, when they're going to make Christmas great again yeah and that's when uh, you get the gift that keeps on giving yeah you know, about, about four years unless you're in Boeing in which case he's going to cancel the production of Air Force One I saw on the news today mm, so. mm-hmm. well we just couldn't go a full a full 
episode without bringing up old Krampus. You gotta gotta throw it in there somewhere. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the summary for where we've been today. So um, let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Flash likes the screw. Sorry, you like to turn the screws. Uh, that was the first thing we learnt. Um, basically, run for your life. The robots are coming for us and our jobs. Um, so get a job as a programmer or a robot builder. Um, otherwise, you're all screwed. Uh, invest in uh, learning about blockchain and invest, if you can, in blockchain, maybe. And Brussels sprouts. And then invest all of that into Brussels sprouts because that's, <laughs> that's where the future is. And uh, potentially Christmas is cancelled, depending on which part of the world you live in. That's uh, that's where we've been today on this psychedelic journey of uh, life, news and media and science, I guess. Yeah, wow. Yes. When you put it that way, I'm beginning to think what I'm learning from these summaries is I think you might be twisting some of my words or no. maybe you just don't really. Maybe I need to talk more in order to make it more clear what I'm trying to say. No, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think you missed the point. I think if you listen back, I think that you'll find that as a fair summary of the journey as a whole where it's been. You know, basically what I've done is I've distilled, you know, an hour and 20 minutes down to those 30 seconds. So a listener that maybe is busy can't listen to all, but they still want their Brit Brad and Flash Fix. They can just dial in for that last 30 seconds and they get a flavor of what they've missed. Yeah, yeah. So they'll... they'll They'll get the episode and they'll fast forward right to the end. Yeah. And then that, that <laughs> might whet their appetite to then hit rewind and go back yeah, to another story. Yeah, yeah, Conversely, yeah. it might just turn them off. Yeah. Like they'll the, hit rewind on the cassette and wait for it to <laughs> go all the way back. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. That's basically what will happen. So I'm going to give a call out again to, uh, to the listeners we do have out there. Um, send in your 2017 predictions. Um, I've had a couple uh come in privately so uh we'll share those with you in the coming episodes but you can send them in to us you can uh tweet them in uh, either to the show at to brad for you or to myself at uh bradley w hayes or to my counterpart um at b van Perdo. Uh, but i get a lot of twitter traffic so you know well, i don't know that's what you get for being so popular <laughs> Stop following those porn sites. You get a lot less on your timeline. <laughs> but apparently, there's all these single girls in my area that want to meet me. Well, maybe what I could do is hook them up with my Nigerian prince, and then he'd reward me <laughs> even more, even quicker. Because yeah, I, right. I, can't, I can't afford to buy any sprites, let alone the really expensive ones right now, because all my money's <laughs> been wired to Nigeria. Damn shame. Damn yeah. shame. But anyway, I'm going to say, uh, Flash, thank you. It's been a, a pleasure, as always. Hey, man, I always enjoy it. Uh, until next time, um, take care. And to the listeners, however many of you there are, thank you. We appreciate you listening. And enjoy. Speak to you next time. All right. Cheers. Cheers.
We'll see. Okay, so do you want to bring us in? <laughs> well, that is a welcome to the show if ever I heard one. Good evening, ladies and gents. I got that. We are, I got that on recording too. So, good evening, ladies and gents. We are rolling. It seems. <laughs> do we? We want to roll with that. <laughs> well, you know, choice is yours, my friend. But you know, we, if, if that's the only hot air that's being thrown around tonight, I'll be surprised. We but. could do better than that. I'm sure we could. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my bad. I wasn't... Ex- well, that's not true. I was expecting that. Okay, let's start this proper. Um, you wanna, do you want to start us off this evening? Yeah, okay. I can get us going. Okay. Okay. 